Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, let's see. Today is uh, June 18th, 2017, and uh, it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And um, we got, it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to everybody out there that uh, uh, is a father and, uh, or has a father that they want to honor today. And of course, as uh, Bob noted earlier, we have a Heavenly Father that we always want to honor. We want to thank Him continuously for the life He's given and for the uh, many blessings. And so, Lord, we praise you, our great Heavenly Father, for all you've done for us. And I have, there's a father here and a a wife uh, to highlight this week. This is Chris and Michelle Smith, and they're in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, Chris is, believe it or not, listen to this, a Navy SEAL. So we've got Navy SEAL watching the Prophecy Updates. What an honor. Uh, He's been a SEAL for 26 years, and Michelle is a substitute teacher. Um, They've been married 22 years now. They have two daughters, Arielle and Rianne. Arielle is in college and is working on an art and business degree at Bridgewater, and Rianne will be a senior at Isle of Wight Academy next year and plans on going into the Air Force and later becoming an FBI agent. Cool stuff there. I follow your updates and watch your sermons as much as possible. I found one of your sermons on the temple and while I was studying Exodus and the spiritual significance of it. And I liked it so much, I decided to watch all of them, going back to the beginning of Genesis, which that is where my heart is, is the sermons. So thank you for that. I've uh, finally worked my way back up to Exodus, and we'll start Leviticus soon. I plan on getting caught up to you guys by the second coming. Uh, the way things are going, who knows, he says. Um, anyway, love your stuff, and you help me get my spiritual food every day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift his face Uh, to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace, which is the ironic blessing of Numbers chapter 6. And he says, "Um, if you get a chance, I highly recommend this video. Talks about the spiritual armor of God and the priestly blessing. He says it'll bless you. It's called the full armor of God, and it's by a person named Mark Blitz. I have not watched it, but he says it's very good, and he recommends it, so um, I wanted to add that into what he told me and if you want to read his bio in its full it's this is just a very short paragraph of what he has you can email me and he said that um, it's okay that I post it I'm not going to post it on the internet because I don't know where I'd put it where it would be logical to find but if you would like to read his full bio very interesting send me an email and um, our first category today is Israel as always and um, I've entitled this tribulation ahead because um we know that, uh, as Bob was noting before we got started into the update today, is that this is the Gentile-led church age. This is the dispensation of grace. And there's a time where that is going to end. We're going to be out of here, and the eyes are going to be back on Israel. Why isn't Israel going? Well, part of the reason is here. They're going to go through the tribulation. And this doesn't mean all Jews. This, they're saved Jews that are going out at the church age. But this means Israel as a nation. And uh, here are some of the reasons why. Uh, from Times of Israel, the top UK rabbi says gay acceptance is fantastic. He sparks controversy. The UK's top Sephardic rabbi became the center of an international controversy after he praised societal acceptance of homosexuality as a fantastic development, he says. Yep, guy's name is Dweck. 
Uh, he grew up in L.A. and has been in his current position since 2013. He's refused to back down, although he acknowledged that his use of the word fantastic was exaggerated. I did not say that the homosexual acts were fantastic. I said that the development in society had residual benefits much in the same way that Islam and Christianity did. These residual effects, yeah, it makes no sense. The effects, in my opinion, are that it has helped society uh, be more open to the expression of love between men, which is just gross. Um, you know, I was watching very good movie, but it has some parts in there that I just couldn't take. It's Alexander. It's like a three-hour-long epic saga. And um, I was watching it, and there were a couple scenes where there were Alexander was, you know, with a guy, and I, I could not watch it. And it's just a movie, but... I, I, it, it's revolting. And for him to say that, to take something that is perverse and revolting and say that it's good, it's one of the reasons why they're going through the tribulation. He said, I was not asserting law, nor for that matter, demanding a particular way of thought. I was simply presenting a personal observation. Well, that's a bad personal observation. And you're in charge of many, many people under your, uh, you know, if you're the uh, rabbi of all of the UK, and it's, it's a disgusting position to hold. But from the times of Israel... 79% of Israelis back gay marriage or civil unions. Another reason. From the Times of Israel, 1,800 U.S. rabbis call on Israel to end the occupation, lay groundwork for peace. And, you know, they're going to say we have peace, and the Bible says peace, peace when there is no peace, because you cannot make peace with your enemies that are vowed to destroy you. But for the past 50 years, both Israelis and Fakistanians have been enslaved to an occupation. These are rabbis that are saying this, that harms both parties. We call on the government of Israel to be the party that pursues peace. They've been doing that all along. Israel's the only thing that's tried to pursue peace there for the past many, many years. But the, um, the party that pursues peace, ending the military occupation and laying the groundwork for a Fakistanian state living side by side in peace with Israel. It will never happen, but it is another reason why they're going to go through the tribulations, because they're willing to make peace with people instead of relying on the Lord. Um, <clears throat> and if you're watching today and you hear my voice is off, I've just got a really bad cold and I'm kind of lacking some spunk and I apologize. But here we go from Ynet. Um, how low can you go? This has nothing to do with tribulation period, but maybe it's a setup to it. You know, we'll see... Um, uh, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest in 97 years. Last year it was very low. They were blessed with a great deal of rain and it came back up. This year it is worse than ever. The Sea of Galilee's water level was recorded last May, which means last month, as the lowest it has been in almost a century. A statement put out by the authorities said that May's recording showed the lowest water level since May of 1920 when official measurements of the Sea of Galilee were first recorded. So this is historical here. During May, the lake lost 15 centimeters of water level with its amount of water decreasing by 9 million cubic meters. According to hydrologists at the Water Authority, the Sea of Galilee's water level is expected to go down by another meter by the beginning of the next rainy season, expected to start around November. Remember, as it goes down, it goes down quicker and quicker because the bottom is bold, and so it'll drop quicker and quicker. And if they don't have a good rainy season, this may be part of the tribulation period. You know, people parched on the earth. Who knows? But um, it says um, in November, at which time it is due to be 214 centimeters below sea level. 
The Water Authority added that such a low water level will lead to further withdrawal of water from the shores of the Sea of Galilee and the various environmental and ecological phenomena. It is also increasing the salinity, something I read in another article. And so um, they're having problems over there. And, you know, we would pray that this would get behind them. But it seems like because of their rejecting of the Lord, things are happening. And all of this is being brought together. The Lord has a plan, and we'll see how it plays out. From the Times of Israel, the prime minister says the U.S. agreed to boost Israeli military aid among concern over Saudi deal. Um, I have some comments that I'll make about the Saudi deal in just a second, but um, a lot of people are very upset at our president for having made that deal, and uh, they think that it was the wrong thing to do, then it's um, uh, against Israel. That's not the case. It is not against Israel, and I'll, I'll give you my comments in just a second. But um, one more article from Aretz Shiva. Congress bill to ensure Israel's qualitative military edge. A bipartisan bill introduced into the U.S. House of Representatives will strengthen the process that have ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. The legislation stipulates that the president would be required to consult with officials in the Israeli government about their defense need before authorizing arms sales or defense items to countries in the Middle East. That's a very good policy, in my opinion, because they are our closest ally. This comes as Congress is considering a possible, which is now approved, $350 billion arms deal with Saudi Arabia that has caused U.S. and Israeli leaders to question the future of Israel's qualitative military edge in the Middle East. The Defending Israel's Qualitative Military Edge Act also would expand on existing laws by including non-state actors such as ISIS in the assessment process. The Reagan administration was the first to explicitly commit to Israel's qualitative military edge. Now, just so you know, our president has not done anything against Israel in this deal. His policy was, as he stood on the nation's capital and accepted the nomination of the United States of America, America first. And he is selling to people. He is not selling terrorist weapons. I know that people say that um, Saudi Arabia is the biggest terrorist state in the world and we're selling them weapons. Actually, it's Iran. But despite that, these are military weapons. They're not terrorist weapons. They're used for defensive operations. We have bases in Saudi Arabia. We have bases in Qatar. They're used along with the Saudi military. And they're also used at times for offensive military operations um, such as in Yemen right now, because they have a war going on between them. This is not helping their terrorist infrastructure, okay? Now, maybe it is because some of their funding is going somewhere else for terrorists, but that's going to happen anyway. But our president did not go around Netanyahu and make this deal. The Israelis were aware of it, and they signed off on it. And this is evident by a, a video that came out recently with um, Netanyahu talking. It was supposed to be in private, and it wasn't. Um, they still retain a qualitative military edge, and they will continue to. And I'd like to remind you that our president still, still to this day, on the WhiteHouse.gov website has on the very front page one nation that is signaled out of all of the nations on this planet that we are aligned with, and that is Israel. And with the president or the prime minister of Israel, Netanyahu, it is a link that you can sign on to, you can join, you can participate by supporting Israel. Our president is behind Israel 100%. Now, he's making decisions about a peace plan 
It's not the right thing to do, I don't think. And um, uh, he needs to be told that. I've said this before, is that people need to uh, put in his ear that a peace plan with the enemies of Israel will not happen. But another article came out yesterday, which I may include in next week's um, Prophecy Update, or I may just uh, paraphrase it right now and tell you about it. It came out yesterday, I believe, is that um, uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel are actually talking about having a economic block or an economic um, uh, participation right now. They're talking about doing that right now, which is something that has never happened before. And so things are happening. They are happening because of the leadership of our president, not because of the negligence of him. And they are working out exactly as the nations of the world are lining up, according to the Bible, Gog Magog. Okay, so I, I am still behind our president. We had, before we opened the Prophecy Update today, we had one of our people who is in the know of the government. We have a president that is being uh, undermined and subverted by the U.S. government. This could be the first coup in the United States of America that's going on right now. We have a deep state that is against him. He is doing, I think, the best that he can with the most incredible circumstances that we have ever witnessed in the United States of America. I continue to support him, and I will until he does something that is, you know, not uh, presidential in some way or another. But he is facing the left. He is facing the right. He is facing the shadow government. He is facing hatred on a scale that I have never seen, ever, or imagined. I've never read anything in our history like what he is going through. And so I will continue to pray for our president every day, and I would hope that you would as well. It's a very important time in history. He's not a perfect man. But he is our president, and he is not the guy that was there for the past eight years. And he is, even this week, several times undoing some of the things that our previous president had done, several very important things. So I think we should be uh, uh, supporting him. And one more thing about him, he's only been in office for six months. So, hello. He's got a long way to go. He is working on his um, promises. If some of them haven't been fulfilled, we are an impatient group of people. I understand that. We have the Internet. We can access anything in one second. We think that the world works that way. It doesn't. He is working on the wall. He is working on other things. And so I think that uh, he, he needs to be given a little bit of um, levity or not levity. Um, what's the word? Um, leeway in uh, his administration at this time and a lot of prayer. Anyway, from uh, the Jerusalem Post, <clears throat> excuse me, border police. I don't know if you heard about this. It was a couple days ago. I was so upset about it, I posted it on Facebook yesterday. Border police officer killed in Jerusalem terror attack. Staff Sergeant Major Hadas Malka, a beautiful young female, 23 years old, was taken to the emergency care unit at nearby Hadassah University Medical Center in critical condition after sustaining multiple stab wounds. Three terrorists went up and started stabbing her during the attack. Hospital officials later pronounced her dead after failing to save her life. Now, this was sanctioned by Fatah. They've come out and they've supported these terrorists. She was murdered by them. And then guess what? From Arat Shiva, Fatah blasts Israel for executing the terrorists. There were police around. They shot the three men that were stabbing her to death, and they've come out and they've said it was an execution. Okay, and then one more from Times of Israel. Israel, Jerusalem attack encouraged by Palestinian payments to terrorists. So Jerusalem is saying that your payments are causing this to happen. It is correct. And I came up with a parallel to this on my post on Facebook, is that this is exactly what the left in the United States is doing right now. They're going in, they're instigating things, 
They're causing people to die, and then they're turning around and they're blaming the people that are against them. It is the exact same attitude. They're in hip deep with the Muslim world in their thinking, and the world is only degrading more and more. The tribulation period is ahead, and I would think that very, very, very few people with the title D at the end of their voting ballot will be going at the rapture. I, I, I'm surprised that anybody would vote in that party when they are killing 3,000 babies a day and making decisions about this type of thing in our world. But, you know, the Lord knows who is saved, and we'll just leave it at that. But uh, I think it's it's a terrible thing that we're facing in this world, and it's only going to get worse until the Lord comes for us. From Christian News Today, CBS Austin, former Austinite, another reason to leave the Methodist Church of the multitudes that we've given, former Austinite is Methodist Church's first non-binary trans deacon. So non-binary, whatever that means, and trans, and he's, they've made him a deacon. So after 12 years, M. Barclay, who prefers the pronouns them and their, can call themself reverend. It's a title that took 12 years to earn, more than twice as long as most Methodists pursuing the same ordination. That is a person building diving boards there, along with all of the Methodist church who is installing this person. But from the Christian Post, UMC Megachurch, United Methodist Church Megachurch in Mississippi. Listen to this good news. Leaves the denomination over the homosexuality debate. It is time that we're seeing somebody take a stand. Praise the Lord. They get a, a thumbs up. Let's give them a double thumbs up for that today. All right, Christian Institute, same-sex marriages backed by Scottish Episcopal Church. We had the Church of Scotland two weeks ago, now the Scottish Episcopal Church. The biblical definition of marriage was dropped by the Scottish Episcopal Church at its General Synod meeting in Edinburgh. The denomination now states that marriages will take place in its churches merely in accordance with the civil law of Scotland. So they believe that government sets policy, not God, and they're following along with their government. And they will be, you know, I'll just keep my mouth quiet. Previously, the denomination defined marriage as a physical, spiritual, and mystical union of one man and one woman and a holy and lifelong estate instituted of God and that is no longer the case. From the Atlantic, Southern Baptists embrace gender-inclusive language in the Bible. The Southern Baptists have been coming up with some very bad decisions lately. They came up with a good one. I think it was yesterday or the day before. This is the last holdout major denomination against all of the perversion in uh, the U.S., and they are starting to cave a little bit. Now, I am not opposed to different translations. You know that. But when you take a translation and you say instead of brothers, you know, which it says Adelphoi in the Bible, it's in the masculine. The reason why it's in the masculine is because any time that a male is in an audience, it is addressed in the masculine. It's the same way the English used to be, right? And um, if it's only females, then it'll be in the feminine. But if there's a male or if it, it's possible that there are males being addressed, then they just make it masculine. It's simplicity in language. It makes sense, and it's worked for thousands of years. Now the um, Southern Baptist Convention is going PC on us. It says um, the Christian Standard Bible now translates the terms anthropos, which is man, a Greek word for man, in gender-neutral form 151 times, rendering it human, people, and ones. There's no need for this. If it was something that made sense, I would agree with it, but it doesn't. It's simply a politically correct issue. So, 
Um, the previous edition had done this on occasion. The new revision adds almost 100 more instances. Men of Israel becomes fellow Israelites. When discussing Jesus' incarnation, the likeness of men becomes the likeness of humanity. The CSB translates the term adelphoi, which I mentioned a minute ago, a Greek word for brother, in a gender-neutral 106 times, often adding sister. In other words, brothers and sisters, we compliment you or whatever. Brotherly love is translated love as brothers and sisters. Once again, there's no need for this. It's simply caving to the political climate of the world today. It's in order to get more people to read your book that you make royalties off of. It's in hoping that you'll get more people into your church. Well, guess what? Those people, when they come into your church, if they're given this attitude, will be the ones that will push to have it moved further to the left, as every major denomination has. It's a very bad path that they're heading down. The gender-neutralizing pattern is also present in its translation of the Old Testament. The frequently asked question page for the CSB explains the translation committee chose to avoid being unnecessarily specific in passages where the original context did not exclude females. Well, by having a male, it includes females. All it is is caving. From the Christian Post, God cannot be God without man, Dope Francis says. Yes, the Pope, the Pope said that. Speaking on the theme Uh, God's paternity, wellspring of our hope, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, we are never alone. We may be distant, hostile, we may even profess ourselves to be without God, but the gospel of Jesus Christ shows us that God cannot stay without us. He will never be a God without man. It is he who cannot stay without us. You talk about heresy. This is it right here, okay? He goes on, and this is a great mystery. God cannot be God without man. The great mystery is this. Now, it is true that God, because of Christ's incarnation, God will never be without man again, okay? But that is not necessary before the incarnation. God did not need to create. He created out of an act of love. He did not need to create man. He did it out of an act of love. But God is God without man, and he can be without man. Now that Jesus Christ is united to humanity, that will never be the case again. But that is not what he is referring to here. This man is a heretic, and I'm telling you, this is a very bad path that the world is going down, and it's going down it very quickly. From so It's like the chair saying the carpenter is a carpenter because... That's right. The chair talking to the carpenter saying you can't do without me. You need to make me. That's exactly right. From Bishop Accountability, this is something that Beth sent on to me, and I just want to tell you about it. Go to bishopaccountability.org. It's a database of publicly accused priests in the United States, and it goes on. And it's so long that they have it by alphabet, A, B, C, D. Click on one of them. There'll be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names under every single letter. So bishopaccountability.org, do you want to know if they're in your town? If they're close to you, you can find out. From LifeSite, excuse me, Catholic Parish hosts gay dance party for Lady Gaga's LGBT charity. Okay, they're aware of this. If the church cared about that type of thing at all, they would say, we are censoring you, you are excommunicated or whatever. They are aware of these things and they are allowing them. Next one, from LifeSite, Catholic Cathedral welcomes Pink Saturday Gay Pride Gathering with Bishop's Blessing. Once again, this is not done in a corner. This is not done 
hiding anything. The Catholic Church is fully aware of this. It is an abomination which is going on. From NBC, Malta, 83 or 93% Catholic. It is a Catholic nation. Malta's prime minister promises to legalize same-sex marriage. Now, I went to the constitution of Malta, the island of Malta, and I want to read this to you so that you know this is nothing that would ever happen apart from the sanction of the Catholic Church. Okay, listen, this is their constitution. Article 2 of the constitution of Malta states that the religion of Malta is the Roman Catholic apostolic religion that the authorities of the RCC have the duty and the right to teach which principles are right and wrong, and that the religious teaching of the RC apostolic faith shall be provided in all state schools as a part of compulsory education. This means that his declaration of saying we're going to go gay in Malta could not have been done without the approval of the Catholic Church. Please, if you have people in the Catholic Church in your family, tell them what's going on because they need to get out. It is the mother of harlots. It is the great whore. It is time to get out of that church. Islam today, from the Evening Standard. Nursery worker beaten and stabbed. This is after the uh, thing that happened, the um, church ramming and all that a couple weeks ago. Nursery worker beaten and stabbed by three girls shouting Allah Akbar, okay? A nursery worker was beaten up and stabbed by three girls as she walked uh, to work in East London. A staff member was coming to work when three Asian girls, meaning Muslims, came up behind her chanting the Quran. They pulled her to the ground, kicking and punching her. One of them got the knife out and cut her arm. They were shouting about Allah, that, and the Quran. The reason why I'm reading you this article is because of the next words. It is not being treated as a terrorist-related event. A Mets spokesman added, the Mets Counterterrorism Command has been made aware of the incident, but is not investigating it at this time. But, next article, Mail Online, two arrested over Facebook and YouTube video of Koran burning. So you can stab a non-Muslim in England, and they won't investigate it, and they won't call it a terrorist incident. But if you burn a Koran, or even talk about burning a Koran, you will be arrested in England. This is what's going on in England right now. The, yes, thank you, Khan. Um, you and YouTube video of Koran burning amid spate of race attacks in wake of London and Manchester terror attacks. The video shows a tattooed man complaining about being unable to start a fire. He says that he has been trying to start fire, wondering what I can't get it going with. Holding up a copy of the Koran to the camera, he adds, and then I found this. The second video shows him standing outside tearing pages from the, they say, holy book. It is an unholy book. And I have no problem with somebody doing that. That's freedom of speech in America. In England, you no longer have that right. And if you get stabbed by a Muslim, you better hope that you don't die because nobody's going to help you out. The government isn't going to be behind you. And just make sure that you're always close enough to a hospital where you can walk yourself there. That's all I can say. Breitbart, sex attacks at Swedish festivals have risen 1,000%. A new report has been revealed that sex attacks at Swedish festivals have increased as much as 1,000% in 2016 alone, and the trend does not appear to be changing. Many of the men who have committed sex attacks at the various festivals were described as having foreign origin, Muslims. Gatestone, Germany, migrant sex crime doubles in one year. Vir virtual Jerusalem, Austria will ban burqas starting in October. Austria, which is mainly Catholic, is home to around 6, six 
thousand Muslims in a total population of 8.7 million. They're keeping it under control. They're going to ban these uh, burqas. Hopefully, they will be a success in that. Mail online. Norway proposes burqa ban in schools and universities as immigration minister claims the ability to communicate is a basic Nordic value. Glad to hear it. From the blaze, public schools, um, this is in the United States, public school opens up rooms for Muslim prayer during Ramadan. Atheist group, the FFRF, who has attacked every single thing about Jesus in school, we've done hundreds of articles on them, they call it reasonable. Imagine that. You say Jesus in school, even just to your friend, and you can get you know, threatened with suit by the FFRF, but they say it's reasonable for them to have Muslim prayer rooms in a school. Mongolia. I've got some very good news for all of you. Our uh, friend Scott, who uh, everybody helped fund, who was going to go as a missionary to Mongolia, arrived in Orlando yesterday. He, for his two weeks of training, and in two weeks he's going to be getting on an airplane and flying off to Mongolia. So we'll keep him in prayer, everybody. Uh, I don't think we will. I was hoping we would, but the father didn't say anything, and so uh, I don't think we will. From the Denver Post, Mongolia betting big on lighting up the Tokyo night. Mongolia. The lights of the high-end boutiques and bars of Tokyo's Ginza neighborhood may someday be powered by coal burned more than 1,700 miles away in Mongolia. Electricity zapping over ultra-high voltage lines across deserts and underseas. That's the idea behind plans in Asia for so-called supergrids, sending power from countries with relatively few people, but lots of wind, sun, and fossil fuels to distant, electricity-hungry population centers trying to keep up with demand. Mongolia is desperate to make more of its abundant resources as it seeks to revive its flailing economy, aims to make that vision a reality through one of the world's most ambitious power projects. The landlocked nation is considering a $7 billion plan to build coal, wind, and solar plants that could send electricity across China, Russia, South Korea, and Japan. It's just one concept of how to connect power markets across Asia, where demand is forecast by BMI research to grow 3.5% annually through 2026. So if you think of it, though, if the tribulation happens, it's not going to be needed, but they're working on it. Daniel 12 Technology... I re- entitled this Return to Babylon. From the Business Insider, this is uh, something that's kind of cool, but, well, we'll give this first. The device instantly translates Japanese and Chinese. You carry along a thing, it looks like a little phone, maybe, or just a little thing you hold. A Japanese company called Logbar has created a gadget that translates your words instantly, so it can make traveling the world much easier. The device is called Illy. And at the moment, it only works with English, Japanese, and Chinese, but more languages will be added over time. It works without mobile data or Wi-Fi, so it could be used in even remote places. I just checked, and on June 12th, they added in Spanish. So you can carry it around, and without Wi-Fi, you can translate immediately. But the next one is even more, more impressive. From Traveler, Bragi's Dash Pro earbuds can translate languages in real time. I brought them up a year ago. They have now made them, and they are being sold. The world's first language-translating ear computer. Just put it in your ear. Essentially, earphones that can also translate nearly 40 languages in real time. You have one in your ear, they have one in their ear, and you can talk German to English instantly. Instantly. This is return to Babylon. This is undoing what the Lord has done by separating the nations. Um, It says... um, 
uh, in real time, with, what they do is they have a, an iTranslate app. that you. So you have to have the internet with it right now. But that's changing soon. By combining Bragi's hardware with iTranslate's groundbreaking speech recognition and translation software, it is a fully integrated system that takes in one language and sends out another right into your ears. iTranslate and Dash Pro work in tandem in two different ways. With two pairs of Dash Pros, you can use what is called Air Translate mode. Each user connects the earbuds to their phone via Bluetooth, after which you can launch into a full-on conversation in two different languages. It's not a perfect system. Bluetooth can be frustratingly fickle, as most of us know, especially when multiple devices are involved, and live transmission currently only works when you're connected to the Internet. But offline functionality is on the way. This is very interesting, and pretty soon you will be able to translate any known language in the world simply by talking to a person with this in your ear. It's a return to Babylon. From yeah, that's right, the Babelfish. That's exactly right. From Revelation Plagues today, Fox Five doctors blame selfies. Selfies. What do you think selfies are causing? Um, Jumping head lice cases. Yeah, yeah. According to a number of doctors, the selfie craze is directly related to an increase in the number of lice cases they're seeing in young people. Lice are parasites that attach themselves to human hair and feed on human blood. Phoenix pediatrician Dr. Sarah Kurtz says there is a common misconception that lice can hop from one head to another. They cannot. But when two heads are together, they can easily crawl from one strand to the next. So if you're taking a selfie with your good friend and they have lice, you're getting it. So for sure, taking selfies with your friend is definitely high risk. And my thought is scratching your way through the tribulation period from Zero Hedge. Opioids. Opioids killed more people in one Ohio county last year than car accidents, homicides, and suicides combined. As the national opioid crisis rages in Midwest and along the northern and mid-Atlantic states, Cuyahoga County has reported yet another disturbing statistic about the growing death toll from one of America's most pressing health, health issues. Last year, deaths from drug overdoses in the county the bulk of which were caused by powerful synthetic opioids, surpassed death from homicides, suicides, and car crashes combined. The county medical examiner's office in Cuyahoga said the county recorded, listen to this spooky number, 666 overdose deaths last year. Officials see no end in sight to the crisis and are projecting deaths to climb in 2017. Very sad stuff there. Okay, from Morality Today, from LifeSite rather long article. I hope that you will take it to heart, and I hope that you will remember it, and when you are challenged, we can get this into the, uh, the somehow into people's minds and then passed on to our legislatures. Harvard Law Journal concludes unborn babies have constitutional rights. The Harvard Law Journal, imagine that. The 14th Amendment, which was adopted in 1868, declares that no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Now, does anybody know what they did in order to justify Roe versus Wade? What amendment they used? The Fourth Amendment, privacy. They're saying privacy of the woman trumps the rights of the unborn. This says otherwise, and so it, it would have to undo it. So here we go. A debate that has been raging in courtrooms for years is whether the life part includes unborn persons. 
Harvard Law student Joseph Craddock did some constitutional soul-searching to answer that question in a new report for the Harvard Law Journal, concluding that unborn babies do fall under the 14th Amendment's protections. One might look to dictionaries of legal and common usage, the context of the English common law tradition, and cases that attempted to construe the meaning of the text in a manner consistent with original meaning. Using this methodology, it is reasonable to construe the 14th Amendment to include prenatal life. The structure of the argument is simple. The 14th Amendment's use of the word person guarantees due process and equal protection to all members of the human species. The preborn are members of the human species from the moment of fertilization. Therefore, the 14th Amendment protects the preborn. If one concedes the minor premise that preborn humans are members of the human species, all that must be demonstrated is that the term person, in its original public meaning, at the time of the 14th Amendment's adoption, applied to all members of the human species. In addition to using language to prove his point, Craddock puts his conclusion in context, noting that at the time the 14th Amendment was written, several states called the unborn person a child in their anti-abortion laws. Moreover, the stream notes in 1859, the American Medical Association mandated that the government must protect the independent and actual existence of the child before birth. We have precedent in our um our, um, you know, the writings of our government, and therefore it must take precedence. And we just have to get this word out, and we have to get the battle going. Using this logocratic notes, the Supreme Court justices were flawed in their 1973 ruling in Roe v. Wade, which granted the right to abortion. When he wrote the majority opinion, Justice Blackmun failed to properly assess the word person as it was applied in 1868, Craddock argues. So I think that it's something important that we all should get this word out. From Breitbart, boy identifying as a girl swamps opponents in Connecticut high school track meet. Do you think so? He's a guy and he's a loser on his own track team. So he says, well, I'm a girl now. And he's running against girls and they're all defeated by him. It says a once highly recognized high school track star from New Britain, Connecticut has lost her usual first place spot to a boy who identifies as a girl on an opposing track school team, and her loss sparks many questions about fairness and rights. Freshman Andrea Yearwood, 15, a biological male who identifies as a girl, received permission to join the Cromwell High girls track team after competing as a boy in middle school. He was a loser. He wants to win, so he goes on the girls team. Not surprisingly, Yearwood has been extremely successful as a male competing against females. This is the world we live in because of the perverse nature of what happened under a previous president. Mail online. This is the bizarre one of the week. Transgender man and father of two adopted children happily announces he is pregnant with his gay husband after suffering a miscarriage. Yes, read it again. Transgender man and a father of two adopted children happily announces he is pregnant with his gay husband a year after suffering a miscarriage. Twilight Zone. Okay, our other category today from Mail Online. Mystery of the world's densest dinosaur graveyard is finally solved. Oh boy, they finally solved it. Before I tell you how they solved it, I'd like you all to know that I announced this during the Bible study and I will tell you now is that if you have, if you have Netflix and apparently Amazon Prime, Amazon and also um, iTunes. iTunes, if you have one of those three, you can watch something called Is 
Genesis history. It is very good. He says it's amazing. What they do is instead of following, you can look at the, the world that we live in from one way or another. You can say, well, I believe in evolution and therefore I'm going to make all of my presuppositions about the age of the world based on an evolutionary model. Or you can say, I believe that this is the word of God. God wrote it. He gave us specific parameters, which says he created in six days. And therefore, I will base my evaluations on that premise and see if they come out. And this is what they do during the movie. They are all PhDs. Not that titles make any difference to me, but it shows credibility. And these aren't just PhDs of theology, which usually means that you, you whatever. These are PhDs of astronomy, of archaeology, of geology. They are, they are very smart people. And they have based their premise that this is the word of God, that the earth is a young earth, and here's how we're going to identify it. And as Jim said, he watched it a day ago, and he says, it is amazing. So please, the, the evidence is overwhelming. There are a couple people that have put out articles. I was send, sent one by my friend Mike, and he said, well, they dispute this in this article, but they don't give any uh, proof of it. They just simply argue against it. Okay, And I look for proof against it, and I couldn't find any. That doesn't mean that it's not true, but you will look at something with your presuppositions, and then you will make your evaluations based on that. We do it with everything. I have a presupposition that the rapture will happen because I have a presupposition that Israel is God's people and they're back in the land for a reason. Why did I come up with those presuppositions? Maybe it was taught me. Maybe I read this Bible 200 times before I uh, went out into the world and I said, you know what? This is God's plan for the people of the world, whatever. I have a view of the world based on this book and that's what I'm basing all of my decisions on is what this book says. Okay, first, and then I say, if something does not uh, sync with this book, then the problem must be with what I'm looking at, not with this book, okay? That's just how I work because I believe that this is the word of God. So having said that, mystery of the world's densest dinosaur graveyard is finally solved. Thousands of Allosaurus bones ended up in a U.S. pit because they were washed there by floods. Oh my God. Ooh. <laughs> Cleveland Lloyd Dinosaur Quarry is the densest collection of fossils. During flood periods, the carcasses of Allosaurus and other dinosaurs washed in. They rotted in the pit, which means fish, turtles, and crocs could not survive. This explains why there are no pond fossils and no gnaw marks on their bones. Well, I would say it wasn't floods. I would say it's flood, but that's my presupposition. Anyway, it's supported at least in part by Mail Online now. Mail Online again. Scientists find mysterious shapes and structures in the brain with up to 11 dimensions that could shed light on how memories form. Now, this is from a much more complicated article. Mail Online simplifies things. If you want, read the, the original article. Our brain is astonishing. 11 levels of of uh, dimensions in our brain that they've just discovered. Researchers use computer modeling to identify complex brain structures. They found the mind is made up of shapes and spaces with up to 11 dimensions. Understanding the shapes could help us find out how memories are formed. Well, what I did, because I love numbers and scripture is full of numbers and they're always consistent in the Bible, is I went to the number 11 by E.W. Bollinger, who is the premier authority on numbers in the Bible. The number 11 signifies disorder, disintegration, imperfection, and uh, disorganization. Does that not sound like the fallen human brain? Does that? So that tells us that we will have additional structures in our brain at the rapture when the Lord glorifies us that will transcend that. 
And so, you know, maybe I'll actually have more than three brain cells working at that time. But wonderful, wonderful God's word, how it is vindicated even in numbers, which are found in scientific things. From the Washington Times, developing nations in the Paris Climate Accord threaten to keep polluting until they're paid. You wonder why we got out of it? Here's the reason. Read it again. Developing nations in Paris Climate Accord threaten to keep polluting until they're paid. That's the only reason why they've entered into this accord is because it's a wealth redistribution scheme, exactly as our president said when he backed out. Right. Here we go. Yemen has promised a whopping 1% cut in greenhouse gas emissions as a part of the Global Paris Climate Agreement. North Korea has said its pollution will double by 2030 compared with 2000 levels, but only if the rest of the world writes a sizable check. Otherwise, its emissions will rise even further. Peru's, what's that? Oh, yes. You're laughing. Peru says it can cut emissions by 30% by 2030 compared with business as usual projections, though that would be a net pollution increase of 22% and is contingent on billions of dollars in funding. India, Iran, Sudan, South Sudan, Niger, the Central African Republic, Cuba, Egypt, Paraguay, and a host of other countries have similar demands. Pay up or else they will keep polluting. Okay? From Breitbart. You want to know another reason why it was smart for us to leave that Paris Climate Accord Treaty? I'm going to read you right now. Get your ready for your mouth to just drop open in awe. All right? From the World Health Organization, somebody who is not friendly to the United States of America. World Health Organization. The United States is among the least polluting nations on the planet. Right? In the most recent WHO report on air pollution, the United States was listed as one of the countries with the cleanest air in the world, significantly cleaner, in fact, than the air in Germany, Italy, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, Japan, Austria, and France. While France and other G7 countries lamented the U.S. exit from the Paris Climate Accord, America's air is already cleaner than that of any other country in the G7, except Canada, with its very scant population. Canada has, what, eight people up there? I'm kidding, guys. I love you. But it's a, it, for the amount of land Canada has, it's a very small population. Okay? It says, the report which analyzed the annual median concentration of particulate matter with an aerodynamic diameter of 2.5 MUs or less for both urban population and rural urban population found that the United States was one of the most pollution-free nations in the world at a very low end of the spectrum. The U.S. has a concentration of just eight, while China has a concentration more than seven times higher at 59, Egypt at 101, and Saudi Arabia with the worst air pollution at 127. So 127 as opposed to eight, and we should send them money? No, absolutely not. We did the right thing. Um, got a less Rick here for you. This is actually Les's wife did this one. Her name is Kathy. The Galilee's shore does retreat. Its level is shrinking by feet. What it needs now is rain, so the fish don't complain. A monsoon would be oh so sweet. Good job, Kathy. And uh, I'll remind you, if you're watching streaming online right now, that when we go to break, we will have um, the video, the most recent video from Sergio and Rhoda, which I watched this morning. It's very good. And um, if you like kosher bacon, they talk about that in the uh, video. Yes. And yes, it's, you know, they're fun. They're fun videos. And um, I also would remind you that it will be at the end of the prophecy update as well. So you can click on that. Please watch it. It's very enjoyable. 
And uh, our irony of the week from Fox, disability attorney named Khan stole $600 million from the U.S. government. Khan, right? Okay, a little ironic. Okay, and then from Fox News again, Kansas man who robbed a bank to escape his wife gets a home confinement sentence. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and Virginia Beach, Virginia, where a Navy SEAL lives and watches the Prophecy Update, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.